live. We're live. It's happening. Always. Into eternity. All right. Bet. <laughs> it's good to good to see you again. It's been a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Too long. I've been missing something in my life. And now it's back. Well, Sunday I was space. I was in the great north woods of Wisconsin uh, mm. on on Sunday. Actually the whole weekend I even took my vacation day or not it's a, a holiday i actually took it usually i work the holidays and decided nah i'm gonna i'm gonna take this one especially one that's revolving around labor yeah you know my wife gave birth on labor day really yeah that's pretty cool yeah ben was born on labor day yeah so happy birthday benjamin yeah it was yesterday he turned five yeah what a what a what a kid i'll tell you what I'll tell you what. That little son of a gun. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> he is. Oh my gosh. Did you did you do anything crazy for a celebration or you know what? Just kinda low key fam. <clears throat> no. Fam, bam? It was it was very low key. Like we went and saw my parents with him. Um you know, did stuff with the in laws. Um he's got very expensive taste. Um like he loves crab and steak and like things like that. And we don't do it very often, but I took him to Mariano's and I got uh, some crab legs for him. And uh, we did that with some like nice major tenderloin steaks and potatoes. So just like a fancy dinner and cake. But it was a blast. He had a good time. He enjoyed his food. Smashing crab legs, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't, can't go wrong there. Crab legs. Wow. That's a, that's a nice little dinner for a five-year-old. You know Was what? he cracking the legs himself? He was trying to. Did he? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't use the tool. He just like tries to barehand it. Yeah. He had he had some great success and some great failure. It was really well balanced. Just a metaphor for life. Yes. Agreed. Completely. As long as he takes that that small event in his life and remembers it forever, he'll be very successful in life because he'll realize after any failure, will come success, and. Probably. He'll be humble after any success because he knows there's failure to follow. Yeah. Mm. I never knew crab legs were such a metaphor. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what life is all about. That's what you're good at. Only you could take crab legs and make it into a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brian, yeah, yeah. you're so well rested. I mean, you, there's, a glo- there's a glow to you this evening. Is there evening. a glow? There's a glow. I'm it's pregnant. Like, I knew it. It's mine, isn't it? <laughs> Um, no, yeah, like I said, I, you know, I just got some rest and, and when you're, when you're up there, I got to visit a cousin and, and a listener, Jeannie and, and, and her husband, Barry, um, and, you know, going up there, you just, you're, you're breathing in the fresh air nonstop. Like, you know, here, um, often in my, you know, extra bedroom slash office and kind of focusing and not really moving around a lot. I'm on the computer and, you know, being up there, I was just, like, always kind of moving or napping, one or the other. And, like, you're on that fresh air, and it just, like, drains you of your energy in the best possible way. Like, so I, I know exactly like, what you mean, yeah. You know, I remember when, remember when you were a kid and you'd, like, be Barely. out playing football and, like, or whatever, playing with your tag or whatever. Yeah. You're running around constantly breathing in that fresh air and moving and, and all that. And, like, when you got home and like it was time for bed you just crashed yeah like you didn't even have enough energy to have a thought in your mind and you just crashed that's what was going on this weekend for me i didn't have time to think about work or other things that were kind of you know been on my mind so it was just so refreshing and uh it's nice know. to be able to shut shut down like that as far as like Forget electronics for a little bit. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like maybe the occasional check your phone. Yeah. For you, I know it's definitely TikToks, and I definitely know you were doing that up there. <laughs> you're right. Because I got my TikTok you're right. messages. You're right. Uh, it's like, it's kind of like when you when your child when you want your child to text you and check in. Like that's Brian's way of checking in. Like I'll just like it's like twelve thirty in the morning and I'm getting a random TikTok video it's from true. Brian. It's true. And I was like, okay, he's safe. I can sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> I did break curfew one night and TikTok to you at twelve thirty. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. sorry. No, I loved that. it. Okay. I was I was up. Yeah. I was up. Yeah. Now I'm I'm turning into you. I know. I'm gonna have to hey, you up? Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love you know, it. it was it was really nice that you were able to get up there, get, yeah. be able to relax, spend yeah. time with the family. And it's just like it's nice to have that, that weekend time. Yeah. I mean really nice. 
And you know, I don't know if you ever really think think about this, like in your subconscious or in your foreconscious, top conscious, your regular one. <laughs> but like, do you know why you're you're so lucky to have those weekends? Why is that? Labor unions. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's the only reason that in in our society we have weekends and or basically five day work weeks with a with a forty hour work week expectation. Yeah. And they protect you. So yeah. when things go wrong at your at your work or something happens to you, you're protected. Um and there's like things like OSHA and or whatever, there's workers comp, etc. All because of unions. And speaking of someone who might have gotten hurt. Oh, uh, a, look at a, us! A like, this is this episode just going to be all segue? Yeah, I know. Uh, a listener, Ryan Johnson, who's also a Patreon, we're very uh, glad that he's not only a part of the community but a, a supporter of the show, and uh, just wanted to give him a shout out. He he had a, a little accident work, and and um, uh, our thoughts are with you, buddy, and we hope your like heals up real soon. We'll try to get out double the episode so you have plenty to listen. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he was catching up and. And I was just like, oh, cool, cool, thanks, man. And, you know, and he's like, yeah, you know, broke my leg pretty bad. And, like, I saw the x-ray on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, that wasn't just like, oh, yeah, it rolled my ankle. Like, it was a full-on break of two months. So, you know, Ryan, not to share. I, sorry. I, I, well, I'm not his doctor, so I could, I'm not breaking HIPAA by sharing this. But definitely wanted to give you a shout-out and, yeah. and say hope you're feeling better. Uh, and and uh, thanks for for tuning in during your, your healing process. Yeah. Now enjoy the sounds of our sultry voices. <laughs> Sorry. We went in straight, I, straight to the ocean. <laughs> you ready for another vacation? <laughs> um, but no, I do. I think, I think you brought up a really good topic for discussion tonight, especially after Labor Day. Yeah, you know, is is the idea of labor unions in America, both past and present? Yeah, I, and I'll be honest with uh, all of you listening, as I was honest with Brian, that was not my intention, but I'm glad it happened. Oh, what? because of Labor Day? Yeah. What, okay, so what sprung you this? Uh, what sprung to mind this topic? Well, we um, there's a, there's a whole lot going on with with labor nowadays, with shortages, with um, work conditions, all that kind of stuff, and you know has. Brian uh, alludes to uh, time and time again during these uh, pandemic times. Uh, a lot of people aren't going back to work because they feel as though, or Brian's theory is, they don't get paid enough, and now it's that time to kind of uh, focus or have on benefits or yeah, better working conditions. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So there's a lot of that going on. Plus, we, what we covered, um, gosh, probably like ten or fifteen episodes back now on Frutales. So, you know, that happened. Nabisco was striking. And now something a little bit closer to Brian and I is there is a strike of um, service workers for like auto shops, for car dealerships. Yeah, the mechanics. Yeah, the mechanics. Um, and so, you know, it was just very interesting um, for me to read up on that. I also listened to a couple of interviews um, with some people with some close ties to the uh, the NCDC um, in Chicago um, and it was interesting hearing them talk about it. And I kind of thought to myself, cause like it, it it's weird for me when I hear about la- labor unions. Cause like I grew up in a union family. Like my dad was a, a teamster for a very long time. He's not one anymore. Um, thanks to, you know, working his butt off and getting some yeah. promotions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, unions paid for my food you know help pay for the food on my table when I was growing up the house we lived in benefits when we got sick when you know people in my family broke bones all that kind of stuff so um I I personally um I'm a big fan of unions especially when they're run well I mean there's a lot of corruption that goes alongside with unions uh shout out Jimmy Hoffa uh, <laughs> kill the Irishman <laughs> oh gosh that was such a good movie um but it, it's something that I, I feel like gets a bad rap, unions do. Yeah. Um, but I just think that they're so beneficial, the way that you can... Because, I mean, before unions, there was no way um, for the workers to, to, to compete or, you know, um, you know, 
kind of argue wages or anything like that with whoever owned the company. It was usually the owner was paying pennies on the dollar for his, his employees right. and then just scraping the rest up at, you know, to the top of the, the ladder. Um, and unions were a way to, to kind of make that happen. And they obviously, uh, were not very popular in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, I think it was maybe in the late 1800s when they actually kind of started. Yeah, you you started to see. Stride. Yeah, you started to see a lot of the um, mechanism of capitalism starting to abuse the worker. Yeah. Um, and you know, especially at the turn of the century in the early 1900s, you know, at the late 1800s, early 1900s, you had the Industrial Revolution, and this was tremendous for innovation. Um, but at what cost? And you had, you know, children being laborers and making no money and being put in very uh, difficult and unsafe conditions. Mm -hmm. And then you had the rest of the family doing work and, you know, men going off to work for 14, 15 hour days, coming home, sleeping and going right back to work for 14, 15 hour days. Yeah. And while, okay, you want to work outwork everyone you know and make you know 14 hour 15 hour days and stuff well you should be getting ahead and basically you were never able to get ahead because right. of the system you know had all the leverage against you and with the uprising of unions you know we saw kind of the tables get turned right we saw the instances like uh the pullman uh, the yeah. city of Pullman, right? And yeah. George Porter Town. Yeah, yeah. George Pullman basically owned the whole town, and you know the town had he to shop in his shop, yeah. and the bank, and you know the houses he owned, and you could rent from him, and you know all these different things, and he controlled it all. And then you started to see, you know, essentially a revolt. It was led by uh, Eugene Debs, who mm -hmm. later on would run for president. Uh, but we we saw this turning of the tides, right? And throughout time, the power of the union has kind of ebbed and flowed. And it's, it's been kind of a roller coaster. And, and, and I, as I've alluded to in the podcast before, I really feel like we're at a, a, a similar point in history right now as the Industrial Revolution. And I think we're starting to see the labor force gain more traction and, and the appeal of unions uh, reach a new high. Well, what's nice about unions, too, is it's like it's not only camaraderie, you know what I mean? It's it's people that you're working with, people that are doing the same thing that you're doing, that are feeling the same pains and uh, and victories and everything like that. Because, um, you know, if, if you go to quit your job or if you go to ask your boss and say, I want a dollar raise, I think I need a dollar raise. I'm here every day. I've been here for 15 years. Like, you know, you're replaceable. Maybe in some cases. Yeah. But in yeah. most cases. Um but if you're like, hey, we all want to raise and all, you know, 400 of us are going to strike and not come into work. Well, then it's like there's that leverage because capitalism, you know, is, I I am still somewhat of a fan of capitalism for sure. I think that it has its benefits oh, like yeah. anything else. But I don't think capitalism would work as well as it does now if we didn't have labor unions, because there's supposed to be that balance between worker and, you know, business owner. Right. And if there's no leverage for the workers, well, I mean, it's only benefiting one person. And I mean, we still see it benefiting yeah. some more than others now. But um, yeah, no, you, you absolutely nailed the nailed it. I, I, I think the idea here is that, you know, the union is going to be the the balancing act of like, OK, we need to be more transparent, so open up your books and we'll negotiate with you. So it brings a level of transparency that you otherwise wouldn't have. If a company is trying to negotiate and they're saying, well, we only have so much money, like, for instance, teachers' unions. Mm -hmm. I was a part of a teachers' union when I was a teacher for seven years, and I looked, you know, you look into those things, and basically when you go to negotiate, you know, you, you ask them to open up the books, like how much money do you actually have, you know, for the next few years of this negotiated contract. And by opening up those books, you know, you, you now have more insight as to what is actually available and what is not. Similarly, we've seen, uh, actions like this in the NFL, right? The NFL players union or, or the major leagues or, or the NBA, mm -hmm. all these professional sports have unions, and basically, 
what gets negotiated are like salary caps or, you know, maximum contracts and all these things. And when the union goes to negotiate, because they have a union, they can say, hey, open up your books and let's negotiate in good faith. Whereas if you don't, you don't know how much is being made or you don't know how much is allocated to human resources, et cetera. So uh, the, the idea of a union brings a lot of transparency to the entire situation. I wish there was that kind of same transparency in, um, in everything in business. I feel like so many people are out there because that, that raises a good point. And that point being that, you know, maybe there's not any room to negotiate. Maybe the business owner right. is running things, you know, super thin. Like they don't, they don't have any extra money to, you know, do anything else. They're right. trying to invest a little bit more in marketing, get more business in so that they can, you know, be a, a more profitable business. So there, there is that, that case sometimes too. I, I, I've had an opportunity recently to um, put a bid in for a bartending event for a wedding. Oh, um, working with the restaurant that I work with, work at now. Um, but I had to come up with this big bar package and I'm going over everything you know, and I'm not like a big numbers guy. Yeah. Um, but that's what made me think of this is, uh, or that made me think of this was, um, I come up with this price. I'm like, I think this is fair because I'm not trying to nickel and dime. Like, that's just not me because like the extra money is not going in my pocket. The extra money is going to keep the lights on at the restaurant. And, um, I put together this quote, shout it out to the, uh, bride to be. And she's like, oh, that's way too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, that's sad. I know. I know. And I mean, I literally like there's no, you know, there's not a huge, not even a huge profitability on it. You know what I mean? It's, it's less profitability that, you know, than we would have at the restaurant itself. Right. As far as booze goes, cause we've got to ship everything over or get everything over there, pay the people the extra hours to set things up, take things down, you know, wait for the glassware company to come pick up all the glasses, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, the bride responded to me with, yeah, well, you know, you're saying nine grand. We want to be at seven grand. And so I actually felt kind of like a jerk. I sent her out in their quote today. Uh, and I was like, here's what I can do for 7,000. And it's like nothing that she wants. <laughs> right. It's all <laughs> a, a step below. Yeah. I can give you Bellows vodka. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All that wine you wanted for all the tables. It's Franzia. <laughs> do you like boxes? Yeah. <laughs> We can decorate. I'll put a bow on it. <laughs> it can fit that. You have a new centerpiece. Look, you're saving money on your centerpieces. Boom. Your centerpiece is a box of wine. Gosh. But transparency in business is just, I think it's it's so great. And obviously, it's it's avoided in a lot of cases because they don't want to show exactly how much they're making. Exactly. I, I think that's the key, right? Yeah. Is the people that have the capital, right? The ones controlling the, the business or the capital, the means of production. Mm-hmm are capitalizing usually at such a high rate that they don't they do not want to share exactly how much they're making yeah um and that's not just like oh well jeff bezos makes x amount okay but do you know what is you know vice presidents made do you know what the directors are making etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and you see this a lot in the corporate environment is that people don't talk about what they're making and because of this lack of transparency you don't really know how to negotiate. So when you're in a union, there's a level of transparency that you that that can't be seen or that that is seen that otherwise wouldn't be. Yeah. And so you have that leverage point of in, in negotiation. Just the same. You're negotiating on behalf of people that might have suffered something in the workplace, you know, yeah. a hazardous environment, whatever the case is. And now things that might not have happened to you, but could down the road are being accounted for. Right. Right. So yeah, if I'm important. working, if I'm working in a hazardous environment and yeah, no chemicals have shot into my eyes, but it's happened to three of my coworkers, the union takes those grievances and brings it to the table in negotiation says, Hey, we need hazard pay or, you know, certain levels of workman's comp or whatever the case is or better insurance that you pay for not yeah. just the people like so all of these things get brought up and it's working together as a unit against you know the the people that control the means of production and it's it's really beneficial for both parties because you know the the people that control the means of production want to be making money and, and to and to a certain degree, not to ruin your train of thought. No, no, so, you're fine. Um, to a certain degree, like 
those people do deserve to be making more money, in my opinion, because they took the initial risk open or starting the business. Yeah, or they innovated or yeah, yeah, invented. They, exactly. And sure. so I do think that they should be rewarded for that because sure. that's why you go into business. You're like, I want to make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and in some cases, you know, like I want to be able to employ a lot of people and, you know, help other people out too. But, yeah, just wanted to add that in there. I, I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, I do love the idea of capitalism in its ideal form, just like I love the idea of socialism or communism in its ideal form. The problem is, is it's never in its ideal form. No. And what we've seen over the decades and decades, probably since like the 50s, is a, is a slight deterioration in the power of unions, especially with states going to the, like these quote-unquote right-to-work states. Yeah. Where, you know, Illinois is one of those right-to-works. So as a teacher, I have the right to not join the union but still reap the benefits of the union. Meaning, if I was a teacher, I can go based off of the salary scale that was negotiated by the union – you know, with the, with the district. Mm -hmm. So I could still be on that scale, but not have to pay my dues. And the dues are what empowers the union, right? You have people working extra hours, you have to pay for lawyer fees, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to put money into the union in order to do these things. And in these right to work states, basically it's allowing people to not have to pay those dues and say, well, listen, I'm not going to be a part of the union, but I get all the benefits. And slowly but surely, that deteriorates the power of the union because it, it has to be a collective. It's it a can't real, be half and half. It's a real blade scenario. Yeah, how so? All their powers and none of their weaknesses. Oh, fair, fair. You walk in the daylight, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I, I think this is really important when talking about unions is like, you know, that is what pushed us to the next level in terms of, you know, one of the reasons our economy grew so well mm -hmm. is because there was a, a, a growing middle class. Yeah. And usually the union workers were middle and, and lower socioeconomic class. And even the, the lower class of union workers were well taken care of. Right. Mm -hmm. Even the journeymen get well paid. Oh, here, yeah. The journeymen and apprentices are, by today's standards, yeah, not low class. Like, they yeah. are middle class. Yeah. If not, you know, at the top of the middle class nowadays. And that's because of the power of the union. I love seeing that, too. I like seeing people, like, working with their hands, but rolling up into their $300,000 house. Oh, at least, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... When That's you're, how my dad ended up paying for all fucking seven of us. Yeah, I, I mean, really, and 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 that's a that's what America's supposed to be. Yeah. If we look across the the pond, mm -hmm. right? We talk about the United Kingdom. We talk about like the Scandinavian countries. The reason they that their their middle class is still going strong and ours is quickly deteriorating is because of the power of unions in Europe. Like, yeah, they are adamant about their powerful unions and we've talked about like you know when we talked about minimum wage and stuff like that if you are working at a mcdonald's in denmark you're making about 22 dollars an hour here in here in the united states in the mcdonald's you can be making as low as seven seven dollars and 25 cents yeah not so much minimum anymore wage. well the pandemic made depending on where unit, you yeah. are depending on where you are but and you're right. McDonald's has shifted their their mindset because like they need the people and they realize like we're gonna make tons of money either way. Yeah, I think that they're starting there a lot of their employees at like yeah, thirteen thirteen to yeah, fifteen dollars yeah. an hour. Um but when we look at the European nations, um, they don't have a minimum wage. Why? Because their unions are so strong and they have a union in almost every sector. Yeah. It's not like here you have like unions in the trades. You know, so like mechanics, electricians, plumbers, HVAC, all of that, right? Construction. Mm -hmm. And then you have like the teachers union, but you don't have people like warehouse unions generally. We saw attempts to unionize against Amazon and Tesla. And what ended up happening is like generally they broke down, right? Because the powers that be like the Bezos and the Musks do everything they can to break down those unions because they know that they will eat into their profits. And, you know, $1 billion isn't enough. Like, we need to be ten, tens of billions. That's what they need. 
And that's the big issue. We're seeing a wealth gap that we haven't seen since the French Revolution period, right? 1789-ish, um, where the people that controlled the means of production against the people that were doing the work, there is a, a severe gap right now. And I think that's why they're starting to see more backing of unions. For instance, um, I saw a poll, a Gallup poll, mm-hmm. and the backing of unions, Do the question was, do you approve or disapprove of labor unions? And 65% approve, whereas uh, 30% disapprove. And if we scroll down just to even 2009, only 48% of people approved of unions, 45% disapproved. And then, of course, there was some that were not not willing to answer. So we've seen almost a 20% growth in the support of unions as we've seen kind of the destruction of what happens when our unions aren't strong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's it's so beneficial. You know what I mean? And I think that the, I think it's given a bad stigma. Um, This is one of those, like, I don't even think it's really considered a conspiracy theory, but this is a theory that I believe. I think that, you know, the higher ups like to kind of push this idea that unions are bad because they're afraid of them. Um, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, And that's, it's just too bad. I'm going to go start a bartender's union if there's not one. Uh, There definitely is not. But I, I I mean, if you think about it, right? Mm -hmm. If you had a bartender's union, Mm -hmm. think of how impactful that would be on not only your life, but so many people in the restaurant industry. And in that moment, it wouldn't just become a bartender's union. It'd be like, oh, well, there's also a server's union. And and like similar to how like there's a plumber's union and an electrician's union, right? Yeah. So there's differences. Well, and like the Teamsters union, which I think is seven, I can't remember what it it is now. I think it was used to be 717, I think. But it was like hearse drivers, it was garbage truck drivers, and then like people in like trade shows. Yeah. Truck drivers, things like that. Okay. But like, yeah, they can incorporate a whole lot of different things into one, which is great because the more professions, like say there's, there's, you know, there's obviously not like a shit ton of hearse drivers out there, but if they combine with, you know, you know, two or three other professions, you just get that much more power. Wow. I think, I think another thing to consider is when talking about unions, so I was looking up some information on unions and I found one about, it was from the United Kingdom mm-hmm. and they found 50% less uh, instances of injury or or accidents were found in union. So 50% less in union operated organizations. So the health and wellness is a serious concern to places with strong unions because if if it if things aren't taken care of properly, the whole union will revolt and say, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! These conditions are harm harmful, and we're not going to be a part of it." And therefore, the company has to make the you know raise the standards, right? Yeah. So I think that's something that's really important. That you know when we're talking about unions, it's the protection of the worker. So a lot of times when we think of unions, we think of money. Mm-hmm. And really, that is a, a great reason to have unions is because the the worker themselves will be better taken care of financially. But I think the most important part that often gets overlooked because the financial aspect is so crucial is the idea of protecting the workers, you know, and it's not just, you know, protection from, uh, you know, a, a machine falling or whatever. It's also like, you know, sexual harassment and work, Certainly. you know you know, the, the leadership is held accountable so they can't, you know, be demeaning and condescending and, and, and abusive to the workers. Like you can't talk a certain way. Otherwise it gets brought up to the union rep rep brings forth a grievance against the company. Yeah. You know, and then it gets held against them in negotiations. So the company nips those things in the bud right away because they don't want to deal with it come negotiation time. Because if you want anything to be done in this country, it has to hit people in the pocketbook Certainly. one way or another. Yeah. Right. And so the union protects people from harmful situations. And it's not just physical harm. It's mental harm. It's it's emotional harm. Yeah. Right. And that's something that I think it's lost in all the, the dollar bills flying around. Now, one thing you mentioned earlier, and I thought it was important to kind of get back to, was the idea of corruption. 
right? And you know the Jimmy Hoffas of the world, and, yeah. and all the and and that's not to say there isn't corruption, but just the same, there's corruption in non-union non-unionized capitalism, right? Right. And so for me, if I'm picking, well, which way do I want to favor? Right. I would rather favor in the group that has the majority of the people, right? So if there's a little bit of abuse yeah, or a lot of abuse in unions, I'd prefer that to not having unions and have abuse by the people that control the means of production. Yeah. That's, that's my big thing. Now, what we've relied on is government involvement. Yeah. And I think that's where it gets really kind of hazy is because sometimes the government doesn't have your best interest at heart. You know, there's a lot of money involved in government, right? Anywhere where there's a lot of money, there's typically little to some corruption. Mm -hmm. Um, Like ironically enough, like the, so not to bring up Hoffa again, but um, James, James Hoffa is now like the leader of the Teamsters union. Yeah. Which is a descendant of Jimmy. Right. Um, But it's like, it's just that I mean that kind of shows just how corrupt it can be and how easy it can be to kind of like have your name get you more power, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know they they obviously reap the benefits of all those union dues coming in, but neither here nor there, mostly here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, you know, well, like I said, I think with with unions it's so important to have them because they protect people and if there is some corruption i'd rather there be corruption in favor of the people it's similar to how i feel and and it's it's basically how the parties react right Mm -hmm. democrats are very in favor of of unions and the middle and lower class republicans are not they're union busters they're the ones advocating for right to work you know um at will employment all of that stuff uh, and generally favor the people with the means of production, the, the, the people that have been a little more successful in the capitalist uh, machine. And while I understand, I do fully believe that there is corruption in the Democratic Party. Yeah. But if I have to choose between the two, I choose the Democratic Party right now, right now, versus the Republican Party because I don't think the Republican Party is doing enough for the majority of the people. Yeah. We've talked about this in the past too about um so I think if you eliminated the Republican Party entirely, the Democratic Party would split into two factions almost yeah. almost instantly. Yes. And you would have to go towards your point, you would have the fakers and the actual do-gooders. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I like that. Yeah, I, I I I really believe that to be the case. I think you would have basically like Bernie Sanders, and then versus every, Joe Manchin, and then everyone else. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks, and, and Bernie. It's, it's funny. I I watched a video uh, about you know about unions. Bernie was talking about them. I probably I think I watched the and exact dude, same one. The man hasn't changed. No, like. It was 2016, I think he was talking about yeah. it, and he was like, you know, he was a presidential candidate. Yeah. He was advocating for the $15 minimum wage. He was, you know, saying talking about the importance, and, and unions have been the backbone of America. And and I think the, the frustrating part about this is like, okay, so 65% of people approve of unions, and I think it's only 17% of people are actually in unions. Or something like that, or it was, it was very it's a small, small, number. much smaller than than the sixty five percent that do approve. Like obviously, I'm not in a union anymore, at least, right. and I'm very, very supportive of them. But it it, it 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 makes me pause for just a second when I say sixty five percent of people are are approving of unions. What is the other thirty thirty five percent thinking? Like at what ten, point? Ten point eight percent. Of people are in unions? Yeah. So what are the other 35% thinking? Like, what are they hearing about unions that are so bad? Like, they're probably hearing about the corruption or like, you know, I know. No, I think that it, it, it comes down to party lines. But but even even I then, think some people just vote based on like, all right, well, this is what all the other Republicans are doing. So. But 65%, right? That's true. So there, there's definitely plenty of Republicans that are in favor of unions, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I know some people in the trades that are hardcore Republicans, but 
they'll be damned if the if the unions are ever taken away. And I, and I get that. Yeah. Right. But I, I just, you know, thirty five percent of people respect for that too, especially because like. You know what I mean? They're truly looking for a candidate that has their exact ideals. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I, I just wonder what the 35% like don't realize. Like at the top of the hour here, we talked about, you know, you wouldn't have a weekend. You wouldn't have... Eight-hour workdays. Eight-hour workdays. You'd still have babies working in factories. And in fact, we we are probably one of the... I would say probably. I think we are the most overworked, developed nation. Right? You, you talk about... Uh, countries in their work habits and like generally speaking in Europe you get like five weeks of paid vacation your paternity or maternity leaves are like 12 weeks fully paid right you don't you aren't guaranteed any vacation in the United States like people mm-hmm. are like oh yeah you know I got my two weeks it's like oh that's really good like you aren't guaranteed that anywhere in, in America. No. And there's still a lot of companies that do like PTO. So like you actually accrue paid time off. Yeah. Especially if you're an hourly worker. Yeah. Right now, a lot of companies, you know, are getting more and more generous with that, mm-hmm. but there are so many companies that are not. And, and before we even like talk about these, you know, really good progressive companies, I mean, you're talking about like the Nabisco's and Frito-Lay's where people are hurting because they're working so hard, so long for so little. Yeah. And they don't have a choice. Like one thing that gets lost on people is like, oh, well, just go find another job. Like you have to quit your job, right? So now you are without pay. Yeah, because a lot of states, including the U.S., if you quit your jobs, most of the time you can't get unemployment. Right. In the In Illinois, you can like file certain paperwork and like, if it was like a, a harsh work environment or something right. like that. Right. If it was Frito Lays here in Chicago, like you would be. Yeah. Well, it would never happen here in Chicago. At least. Well, and what's sad about the, the, the Frito Lays thing and the Nabisco, it's like they had to settle so quick because they were making such little money and they had to get their health benefits. They had to get money to, to, to keep the roofs on the, you know, above their heads. Um, you know, the, one of the benefits for the, for what's going on in Chicago now with the the um, the mechanics is that they they make a little bit more money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And this is the second strike they've gone on in three four years, mm-hmm. but they've already been going seven weeks. Gosh, isn't that crazy? And that's that's the tough thing is like even you know it's not just a a, a flick of the wrist and a wave of the wand that the union gets stuff done. Yeah. It takes work. You got to go out. You got to pick it. You got to make a demonstration. You got to organize properly. Yeah. And that's what you're paying for when you're paying your union dues. So when people are like, oh, yeah, I got to pay these union dues. What is, what is it doing me? Well, hopefully it's doing you a lot. Right. Yeah. That union is supposed to empower you and protect you. Yeah. And I know when I would get that five thousand dollars a year, you know, pay increase. Right. Right. You're welcome. Anytime you have like the the quote unquote, what is it? Three and a half percent. They always call for the the cost of living expenses going yeah. up like that's generally what everyone should be getting and when you have a union you generally get that plus right yeah so you have someone you know with a vested interest usually the union members are also doing the job um or have done the job so there's this vested interest they want to see you succeed and and, and uh, be paid properly and be taken care of properly so i know when i was in the in a union right mm-hmm. when i was in the teachers union um the union in my opinion was not as well run they were too scared and what ended up happening was they negotiated and they took a last minute offer right before the strike and what happens when strikes go down is in a business you know production stops and you could be losing out on millions of dollars, right? Yeah. But for a teacher's union, if there's a strike, students go, don't go to school. Yeah. And parents are now freaking out. Because I, was in school they during, I was in school during a teacher's union yeah, strike. Yeah. And yeah. like the now parents are having to, you know, stop their job. Like they might have to take a couple of days off of work. Yeah. You know, they might have to find other means. You know, you're staying with grandma, whatever the case is. So now there's public pressure. Like, hey, right. you got to get this solved. Right. So there's this new point of leverage. And, and I know in, in our particular union, um, we buckled kind of at the last minute because it's it's scary to strike. Yeah. You are now going without a paycheck. Right. Yep. 
in hopes of getting a better paycheck or better working environments for for us it wasn't just pay i mean we were one of the lowest paying districts in in the area but also it was like class size and, and yeah you know i know when the chicago uh teachers union went on strike not, uh, a couple of years ago it was class size like classes were getting you know to be like 35 students in a classroom and you know these classrooms weren't air conditioned so you have too many bodies in the room it was becoming a health hazard yeah so it's not always just about money it's about hazards and you know you hear some of the quote-unquote corruption or or evil aspects of of the union and the abuses of the union and oh my god but the amount of good that they do bring i far was gonna away say is, yeah yeah they still at least have their workers best interest in mind and I think that that's, that's going to be rule number one for sure um, and benefit number one as well. And it's crazy, too, like you were saying about, you know, how many people it can affect. Um, so my dad worked for a trade show company. It was a smaller one way back when. And I used to answer the phones for him. And I would do, like, billing and stuff like that, like, you know, when I was in high school or whatever. And um, there's so much in Chicago that you have to deal with as far as unions. If you want to get anything done, right. like you need to have somebody that has a union contract that can hire union guys and gals and send them out. And actually one of our, one of our biggest customers was Broadway in Chicago. Oh, cool. So like all the big stuff that went up, all those sets that had to be made, all that. And, and striking it down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would all had to be labor lights. Like there was, there's a lighting union. There's, you know, the, um, know what they're called but it's like the guys that run the soundboards a mixers union oh yeah <laughs> audio technicians and yeah stuff. stuff like that man um and i i remember there when there were a couple of strikes like that was the biggest thing it was like well we we because nobody would cross the picket line so it's like right. if, if the unions were striking over something it's like it's not like just trade shows that went down it's so many other things um and as you know it's like anything else it compounds and adds up and gets ugly for the business owners. What do you think is the most important aspect to the the union being present? Like, is it the money? Is it the time? Like, if, if we were to not, not have had unions come to fruition, is it the work conditions? Is it the pay? Is it the amount of work? What do you think the that biggest benefit is? That is a really difficult been? question. Yeah. Really difficult question. Um, if I were to cheat a little bit on my answer, I would just say benefits for the workers um, in general. But, like, if I had to pick one, it would probably be, like, health and wellness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because in that, you can kind of incorporate, like, you know, they're fighting to get you a better insurance plan. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I wish I was still on my dad's insurance. It's fucking sick. <laughs> Uh, it sucked when I turned 26. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, they really take care. You know what I mean? Cause y you lump in the insurance, you lump in like good work conditions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like safer work conditions. Um, yeah, I, I think that because you can't enjoy the pay if you're unhealthy or dead. Well, yeah, that <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. I, I think the pay thing is very interesting because, I've always talked about how, you know, restoring the middle class brings cash velocity and, and yeah. therefore the economy is stimulated. And and that's how you really empower the economy. And we've seen it right most recently through the coronavirus is like these stimulus checks and stuff like that. That money went right back into the system. Certainly. Like very rarely. I, I you know, I know some of those Wall Street bros on Reddit and stuff were throwing their money in the stock market and playing with that. But in general, a lot of families were doing things that improved the economy almost immediately. Right. And not only was it like, oh, I'm going to buy goods and, you know, you know, get a new couch or whatever that helps American businesses. You saw a lot of work getting done like, oh, I need a new porch. So I'm going to call the local guy that builds porches. I need my you know, whatever. I need my driveway redone. So like you saw the, you know, these smaller businesses be impacted that way. Uh, but just the same, like people were able to utilize those funds instantaneously. So as we empower the middle class, whether it's through unions or otherwise, we see more cash velocity and it propels 
the economy in a different way than Certainly, for instance yeah. like tax cuts on the uh for the rich or the or corporations like those things don't do much for the middle and lower class and then eventually there's that immediate it's like a sugar high right it's a sugar high when you when you give tax cuts to the rich and in, in the corporations there's a there's an immediate jolt but it's not sustainable. Right. When you're giving cuts to the middle and lower class. It's, it's more a, like it's a, a healthy s- complex carb. Mm-hmm. Provides long-lasting energy. Yeah. Yes. Pasta. I knew exactly what you meant. Pasta the night before a big run or whatever. I was thinking more like buckwheat flour. Yeah. Or like yeah. quinoa because it's a, it's a complete carbohydrate. Yeah, quinoa. Great. Yeah. Thanks, because I didn't know what I was going to come up with for complex carbs. That's okay. But, That's what I'm here for. But you know, it's 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 eating healthy, right? It's not the it's not the sugar right. jolt. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's a true. It's a long term long long term fix. Yeah, it's it's building long term. And so that's what I think the union has done, or union unionization of America has done, was allow for people to do better for themselves. It allowed for the middle class to build wealth better. And as we've seen it erode, that's where we've seen the steps back, especially in like the 80s, right? Right. When Reagan was was president and there was a lot of union busting happening and, you know, the kind of the demonization of unions. Because when we see the most progressive time in in American economic history, we look at like the 50s, right? Yeah. And we see really, really strong unions. And we're actually starting to see the same approval rating that we saw in the 50s. I think the approval rating of unions was like somewhere between 72 and 75 percent in most of those years. Um, I think it did dip into the into the high 60s, mm-hmm. but we're just starting to see a climb into the mid to high 60s now. If we could sustain that and the unions would begin to build up, I think we'd be in a much, much better place going forward. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see it. I really would. Yeah. I think also we would see I think we would see some changes in government meaning they would have to serve people more mm-hmm. rather than businesses because the businesses would have to serve the people better as well. It's one less thing for them to have to worry about or right? to have to think about. And, and I'm th- okay with that. I'm okay with them being like, "Okay, well you guys have your unions. Your unions are going to be like your mini business governments." And we're going to handle a little bit more big picture. Like, what do the people need right now? Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think you hit that right on the spot. Yeah. I, I, I do want to touch on one more time this idea of right to work. I think one of the things that is brilliant about politicians is the way they can shift the perspective. Right. So with these right to work, you know, campaigns or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Republicans are saying, hey, we just want you to have the right as an individual to do what you want to do. Yeah. Right. And it's like trying to empower or embolden the individual when really what ends up happening is you just you just lost all of your leverage by behaving as an individual. Right. When we talk about human evolution, when were the biggest strides made? It's when the community came together. It was no more, no longer hunters and gatherers. We're going to settle and have our own agriculture systems and farming right. systems and yeah. stuff like that. We came together as a community. And from there, there was this rapid trajectory of, yeah. of innovation and invention. Well, we're such communal beings, too. Like, you know what I mean? It's important. It's what for we us. thrive on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it just takes that one step further. Um, it's like when you have all your homies with you. You know what I mean? And you're at the uh, at the the club, and something goes down. It's like you got you got I, backup. I know. It, it, I actually, it I, have, funny. I, I, I have no clue what that's like. I've it's, never been to a club before. <laughs> it sounds funny, uh, but I think that's actually very relatable. Yeah. Right. The idea no, I is meant it like seriously. I've just never like, had that exact experience. Well, even if it's not at the club, right? If you talk about like team sports or something, like you know, you have teammates that have your same interest in mind and at heart. And therefore, you are emboldened, right? If I'm playing basketball and I know, like, where my teammate is going to be, right, I can take some some risks, right? I can play defense a different way. I can take those gambles that might really push us in, in the right direction. But if I miss that gamble, what happens? Well, my teammates are there to, to, to back me up and, yeah. and, and cover my spot, right? So that's kind of the same mentality with unions is like it gives you this opportunity 
to do better for not only yourself but the group. And if something goes wrong, the group is there for you. Certainly. I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't agree more. It's like that scene from The Town. Yeah. Yeah, where he's talking about how he wants to go beat somebody or hurt somebody really oh, bad. Oh, yeah. And the only question he asks is, like, whose car are we driving? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, God, I'm doing too many movie quotes today. Sorry, guys. No, it's great. Anything I, else about unions? Well, I, I, lastly, I think it's really important, uh, not only because of Labor Day, but because of all of the holidays we get to enjoy um, or, you know, the vacations you get to take at work. Um, generally speaking, those are because of unions. And I really, really hope that even if you aren't a part of one, like I'm no longer a part of one, you strongly consider supporting them. Right? Yeah. Is is we start to see this uptick in support of them, there's a reason for that. And it's because of the wealth disparity in America. It's because of the work environments not being taken care of the way they need to, as well as equality in the workplace, right? Unions help protect against those, right? Mm -hmm. or, or violations of equality. So I think in general, my parting thought is unions are incredibly important. And it's something that if we want to be in a happier place, when we talk about Scandinavia, the countries are just happier. Yeah. Right. We need to have strong unions and be less dependent on the government to enforce those those actions against, uh, uh, you know, companies. Yeah. Tell you what, Republicans got a deal for you. <laughs> we'll do away with the minimum wage if you let everybody unionize. Yeah. And, and you know. Companies have to just own start, up to it. Oh, gosh. After I get the bartender's union going, I'll get a podcast union going. We'll never pick it. We'd be the scabs. We'd cross the picket line. <laughs> like, I'm not done. I just got a, I got a podcast about something today. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, it's great to be back with you in the studio, Brian. Yeah, it was great. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope it was informative. It was yeah. certainly festive as fuck. So, yeah, you're welcome. We love you guys. Do good. Be great. Love, love you. See you now with a party at. We the ones that he's just letting through the back. We the misfits. How you gonna react? We insomniacs. We ain't get no sleep. Break the rules. Can't stay on beat. Making moves. Running through the streets. A to Z. Follow my lead. Saints status quo. This is rock and roll. This is skydive yelling out. This is bye bye ta ta audio. This is all or none. This is all I know. This that I don't